DevPro Journal is an online publication built to assist B2B software developers in growing profitable, sustainable, and fulfilling businesses. The COVID-19 pandemic is reaching the six-month mark since we've experienced business shutdowns and quarantining at a level we haven't seen in our country in about 100 years. Now that schools are getting back in session and we're all hopeful the strategies put in place will keep the virus from getting out of hand, we can start to imagine what the holiday season could look like this year. Retailers are also trying to imagine what this 30-plus day holiday window, which accounts for as much as 80% of some merchants' annual revenue, could look like. But one thing's for certain, Black Friday and other big holiday sales events are going to look a lot different this year. In fact, some retailers are actually canceling their Black Fridays. The challenge is great. Retailers must accommodate COVID-19 mandates that enable social distancing, minimize surface touching, and limit foot traffic in their facilities, all while trying to optimize sales. I'm Mike Monticello with DevPro Journal. And I'm Jay McCall with DevPro Journal. I recently spoke with industry experts from three technology companies to get their insights and advice to ISVs regarding how they can help retailers implement technologies and other best practices to get through the pandemic, especially at a time when many merchants are hoping, expecting to see an increase in foot traffic and spending in their stores. Today, our listeners will hear from Don Sakik, Sales and Marketing Manager at Touch Dynamic. Carl von Sido, Director of Self-Service for the Americas at, uh, in the retail vertical for Diebold Nixdorf. Jerry Langfit, Senior Marketing Manager for the Americas in the retail vertical for Diebold Nixdorf. And Neil DeCruz, Senior Product Manager for Business Systems Group at Epson America. Hey, without any further ado, let's uh, jump into that interview. Hey, welcome to all of our panelists here today. Let's uh, get right into it. Uh, for our first question, what kinds of new technologies or increased demand for existing technologies are you seeing from merchants in light of the COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, Don, let's start with you. Right. So from, first, from, uh, from my standpoint, touch dynamic standpoint, we sell hardware. So we are a hardware manufacturer. So um, what we've seen is a real spike in tablet purchases uh, for, I'd say, months. That was the only thing that was selling at the time. People want contactless, contactless excuse me, solutions um, where, you know, the server is the only one touching the screen. This The, the customer is not using the, the payment pad or anything like that. So we've seen a real spike in tablet uh, sales. And fortunately, we had put out a new one, um, you know, right before this all hit. So that kind of became very high in demand. Um, I will also say for those tablets and for terminals that we have out in the field, um, screen protectors, I mean, we can't, we can't keep them in the door. People just, um, they just, they're flying off the shelf. And then we're starting to develop an antimicrobial uh, screen protector. Um, we haven't fully, that hasn't fully come out yet, um, but we're working on that. And then there's also um, this whole idea of UV lights that you can put on your terminal or your tablet. It attaches via a bracket, and that's supposed to, within, I believe it's four to five minutes, kill any type of bacteria that is on the screen. Um, so again, that's attaches through a bracket, um, and we're developing that as well. And there's been a lot of high demand for something like that, that 
you touch the screen after about four or five minutes um, of the of the, the light being on, it kills all the bacteria that's on the screen. So uh, yeah, so that is something that um, we're starting to work with a couple different partners that offer something like that. Um, it's really funny because it's a, it's a tiny little light. It looks like some kid built it in his high school science lab, but um, it really works. So um, it's certified and you know it's meant to kill bacteria. So we're seeing a lot of spikes again in tablets and ways to keep your, your screens clean uh, and free from bacteria. Thanks, Don. Now, Carl, how about you? What new technologies or trends are you seeing out there? Yeah, so I mean, it's a good question, and I'm sure everybody has seen the impact. I mean, everybody has to go to the grocery store uh, once in a while and, and do some shopping and, and can see it for themselves. But uh, yeah, there have been some dramatic changes. Um, and if I um, if I limit my my answer to um, what we usually call customer journeys, in-store customer journeys, a lot of things have been going on with uh, ordering, you know, and delivery and pick up and all that, but I, I leave that a little bit outside and focus on the in-store experience. Um, then uh, I would say that um, what you can see all over the world right now is an increase in, in usage of self-service solutions. Um, and there are some obvious reasons for that. I mean, you have several dimensions here. You have the uh, social distancing that you have to take care of uh, to uh, limit that risk, but you also have uh, hygiene risk, uh, wherever you go and you touch things, that's a risk in itself. And with self-service, uh, you touch the customer, you, you, sorry, you touch the products less number of times. So if you go to a normal lane, uh, someone else is touching your products at least once and you touch your products several times as well. But if you use a self-checkout, you only touch your own products. Since you're scanning them themselves, you're bagging yourself, everything like that. So that's one way of seeing, you know, how can I limit my risk exposure? Customers have seen that self-service will help them to do that. It's also a li little bit easier for the retailer to control the, the environment in the self-service area with social distancing. Um, much easier than if you stand in a line in a normal lane to a normal checkout and have a more close interaction with the cashier and and the baggers. So for sure, different self-service options are growing. Uh, some stores are only using self-service. Uh, they have more or less closed down their normal lanes. Not everybody have moved that far, but definitely there is a difference. And you can see also the, the size of the baskets. I mean, typically, historically, you have signs in the store saying maximum 10 or 15 items. But if you go to a store now, you have full carts going to self-checkouts with 50, 60 items. Uh, it, it's very interesting to see that there's a big shift there going on. Customers don't really mind standing there scanning themselves. As, as long as they can you know, eliminate the risk, they are fine with, with having a longer procedure at the, at the checkout. Um, also in QSR, self-ordering kiosks, uh, drive-throughs, of course, have been dominating, but now in the restaurants are opening their lobbies. Uh, Self-ordering kiosks is another way of, of limiting this interaction between cash and uh, sorry uh, cashiers and uh, and customers. Uh, the number of self-checkout units um, is a slower thing, of course, to change, but it's also growing. Uh, retailers are putting in more self-checkout options. 
Um, another solution that has been a little bit on the side here in the US specifically is hand scanning or personal shopping, scan and go, either with your own mobile you know, phone, smartphone, or with the provided uh, device from the store. Uh, that's another example where you, as a customer, uh, the customer journey more or less eliminates the interaction with the staff. You only touch your product once when you scan it and you put it in your cart and then you pay and, and, and you leave. Uh, so a lot of these things going on. Um, another dimension is the cash. Cash usage, usage has gone down dramatically and several stores are eliminating cash completely. Uh, I just heard uh, IKEA in Canada ha has stopped accepting cash in all their stores um, and they are not alone in doing that. Um, so that is one change. Um, Another, a new technology that you know you have seen perhaps uh, is people counting system and traffic light solutions, counting numbers of customers going in and, and, and leaving the store. Because now retailers have these uh, limitations to the number of customers they can have at a certain time inside the store. And they have to solve that in one way or the other. And to start with, you could see, you know, uh, staff standing in the entrance trying to count people on a on a, on a board or, or on a on a phone or something, uh, not so 100% accurate as people counting systems. Uh, so more and more retailers around the world are, are introducing these kind of automatic systems to monitor and secure that they have the right number of or the maximum number of customers at the store at a given time. Um, so a lot of different th trends going on, um, very much towards self-service. Um, yeah, so, so that's, that's from a customer journey uh, perspective, a significant difference. And I think we will see uh, a lot of those things that I mentioned just continuing for the next 12, 18 months. Uh, it takes time to, to add self-checkouts to a store, et cetera. So, but, it will happen, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we see customers where they have a 50 or 60% increase uh, in self-service inside the store compared to pre-COVID. Um, so it, that seems to be a, a, a trend that has stuck really hard right now. Thanks, Carl. And Neil, what about you? Yeah, you know, technology has really been uh, front and, and center, you know, with many of the uh, uh, the retailers as well as software uh, companies and so on, especially in retail and hospitality. And, uh, you know, in regards to shelter in place restrictions and things like that. So uh, these technologies are getting, obviously getting more, uh, gaining more in momentum and importance. Uh, what we've seen a, a lot of, uh, a lot of these technologies are taking a lot of shape and form in, in terms of uh, contactless payments. Uh, payments from uh, the smartphone uh, through NFC, using Google Pay or Apple Pay, or even QR codes. Uh, you know, payments from your smartphone, even scanning and go uh, and go pay, uh, scan and go kind of applications in the store using a store app. So you uh, you scan the item uh, into the, into the app. The app has the your payment information integrated. And uh, you just pick up the receipt on your way out, and it's, it's as simple as that. So we're seeing uh, a lot of contactless payments, and um, you know it's interesting that around 22% of customers globally 
uh, used actually a digital a digital wallet type of payment, at least in one product in the store. Uh, and this is according to Euromonitor International's uh, survey this year. And uh, so retailers are also and restaurants are, are you know implementing these features more and more and these technologies in the store. Uh, I know that Walmart recently uh, modified some of their self-checkout stations uh, to implement contactless payments more seamlessly, as well as Publix. Publix is a, another supermarket chain, uh, tier one grocer, uh, that has, has sped up its uh, tech transitions to accept uh, contactless payments. And in, in fact, ahead of what they're planning to do uh, you know, down, down the road, so, uh, so these technologies, especially contactless payments, uh, you know, are gaining a lot of momentum. You know, online ordering is another one. Uh, technologies that utilize the online ordering uh, platform, uh, ordering from uh, you know from the websites or from apps, picking up in store or getting the the item delivered, uh, whether it's you know a grocery item or a food uh, food delivery and so on. Uh, there is no handling of cash. And, and the concern of physically touching anything is, is not there. It's, it's eliminated and it makes the customer feel safe that the transaction is, you know, it doesn't have human contact. So the, the risk is, is minimized, uh, risk of, you know, of contamination and so on. So online ordering technologies are, is, is, is huge in this, uh, in this, in the, at this time, especially. Now that we've looked at the broad technology landscape, Let's narrow it down and uh, hone in on what our ISVs care about the most, software. What role specifically does software play in making these technologies more user-friendly and uh, compliant with COVID regulations? Yeah, there are some uh, obvious obvious things there. I mean, anyone that has used a self-checkout um, or just a normal lane too at the pin pad, um, Traditionally, you have seen all these kind of questions. Um, if you go and fill up the car at the, at the gas station, you get questions. Do you want to wash the car today? And uh, do you want cash back? Do you want this or that? And you have to answer yes or no or whatever on the, on the, on the touchpad or on the, on the, on the keypad. Um, all those sort of unnecessary uh, touches of, of the pin pad or the screen, I think, will go away uh, because they, they, the retailers realize or should realize that the customers, they don't really want to touch the screen. They really don't want to touch the pin pad. Uh, and uh, if they have to, they, it should be as few times as possible. Um, so definitely to reconfigure the customer journey on the screen is one thing that we are working with on our side uh, with the software that we provide sometimes. Uh, but that goes in general for all these devices that the customers interacts with uh, to limit the number of you know times you have to touch something. Um, and then, of course, touchless touchless payments um, is growing, of course, dramatically. Uh, and connected to that is the limit, the, the 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 amount that you're allowed to accept for touchless payments. And that is different uh, in different countries and different areas and all that, depending on the banks. But I'm, I'm sure that will also see a, a, a change. They will increase. Some countries in Europe have increased dramatically the, the maximum amount for touchless payments already. Uh, I think that that will be a drive, uh, definitely. 
Um, also, there are coming new technologies where uh, the customers sort of can take control of the screen of the kiosk or the self-checkout through their uh, smartphone via um, Bluetooth connection or something like that. So you can actually use the cursor on the screen just by using your own smartphone. So you don't touch the screen at all. Uh, some of those technologies are, are right now being you know, tested and developed and implemented. Um, so I, I, it's a little bit cumbersome, for sure, to, to do that. And not all customers will, will do that. But this is just an example of a technology that no one would consider ever before. But now in the new you know, COVID reality we live in, all of a sudden, this has been a you know, thing that customers are asking for. Um, so that's definitely an area that, that I see potentially could, could be a good thing to focus on as an, as an alternative. Uh, it's all about giving the customers different options right now. They have to be able to choose if I want to do this, if I, if I want to do that. And as Jerry said before, and all the while, it's all about speed in and out of the store as quickly as possible and uh, to limit the number of interactions with physical devices or, or people. That's, that's all what it's about. And the software has definitely a part in, in, in doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great. That, that phrase you used too, the customer journey, I think that really just uh, really hits home with, with the big change that we're seeing is the way uh, customers are shopping in the stores. How about Jerry, do you have any you know thoughts on um, anything to add to uh, Carl's comments about customer journey or technologies or things that you're seeing um, evolve or, or change or in being introduced since uh, the uh, pandemic? Well, the only thing I was going to say is, uh, like Carl mentioned about the car washes at the gas stations, everyone's going to have to build in analytics and AI into their software and be able to prove one way or another, is this a viable upsell or is really nobody doing it? Uh, that way we can really, every, every step, uh, has to be given a critical eye. Uh, you notice in aisles at grocery stores, a lot of the things that were always in your way, the cardboard displays and whatnot, things are starting to now open up where it, before it was just you, you, a single person couldn't walk down an aisle, let alone two people. Uh, but the same thing has to be done with softwares and interfaces is all everything needs a critical eye. Says, is this a necessary step? Does, does this add value to the consumer or enough value to the retailer? Uh, if it doesn't, then it then get rid of it uh, and make sure you have the analytics built into everything so you can quickly and easily see screen time uh, and different kind of interaction times. So you know, where, where are people getting hung up? Where are people spending the most time in a bad way uh, versus a OK, thoughtful way? Yeah, excellent. And um, I understand you guys have a pretty recent uh, implementation that kind of ties in some of these topics we've been talking about. I was wondering if you can talk about that with the um, Dave & Buster's. Uh, yeah, we took Dave & Buster's uh, wanted a kiosk that could interact with their consumers and recharge their power cards, how the uh, consumers entertain themselves with the different uh, video games and whatnot. Uh, but they needed something with a lot more expandability. Uh, they know what they wanted today was uh, power up cards. Uh, and so we built, customized one of our uh, kiosks to hold a dispenser, uh, but they wanted to be able to grow and evolve and add new customer journeys. They wanted a system that they could update and quickly be able to add new features and functions. 
uh, now we can do an RFID for their uh, you know, next generation cards, which are actually just RFID wands or bracelets. Um, but they're also looking at food ordering and uh, perhaps check-in. So they wanted both a software and a hardware that could be easily monitored and uh, is flexible to evolve as their consumers evolve. They're in an entertainment industry, so they have to continue to change and offer new exciting ways uh, to interact for the customers to interact. Otherwise, you know, this, this is, you know, they'll go somewhere else. So they just have to, so they, but they needed the flexibility uh, that a new kiosk would provide to be able to do something like that. And there was a lot of integrations uh, to, to tie into their food ordering system, their uh, database for their customer login or the customer loyalty, uh, and then just the back end systems that is always required in an integration like this. Gotcha. So I guess the, the, the tie-in for, for these times is that by having this a good experience with this um, self-serve kiosk, there's less of a need for the customers to have to uh, inter interact with the st store personnel to add funds to a card and to place orders. They can be a lot more self-sufficient and and uh, follow social distancing and so on. Um, are you able to share anything with this in terms of like any results they've seen or any of their feedback in terms of how customers are responding to it and what the kind of net effect is? Well, a, a couple of interesting things did happen where um, our systems is up more often. So we built in monitoring into it and built in uh, a service for them to be able to, if we noticed, if Diebold Nixdorf monitoring the one in Tulsa, uh, we know when the cards are low. So we can alert someone to be able to fill that before uh, the system goes down or can't be serviced, but you know, can't have a customer service uh, you know, experience that way. So another thing to, that everyone needs to realize is availability. So all the systems need to be up and running and they, you need to build out ways to monitor everything. Because the av availability is just is critically important because if I build a, uh, an automated system, who's going to be the first one that notices it goes down? You know, a cashier at a POS is the first one to notice that something's down and the customer doesn't see it at all. But now that you have self-service, availability and monitoring becomes critical because now the customer is going to be the one that's alerting you that's, that a system's down and that creates a, a, you know, a poor experience. Uh, but they definitely, uh, they definitely saw an increase in sales. Uh, big, bigger, brighter uh, screen, very exciting to use. So they saw definitely an uptick uh, in... Uh, their credit usage uh, with something like that. Excellent. And, and, you know, like you mentioned for some of the previous examples, like with the, at the gas station, I guess the role that these software developers can play to kind of um, emulating that uh, experience is making that um, uh, an easy process for the customers to navigate, right? Like, like I think you use the example, Carl, like, like when you're getting gas, not having all these upsell things keep coming out, you have to keep decline, decline, decline to get where you want to go, but to make it more uh, intuitive. Any other thoughts specifically in that area for for the uh, software developers? Or look for other ways to offer the, uh, you know, do the upsells, motions. It's just like, okay, have a monitor or have something else that's tied into it and say, okay, if I'm not doing this, then it's not an opt out. It's more of an opt in. It's like, okay, I, I can, I can grab that if I want, but it's not going to stop my journey. Uh, the retailers are all going to want to do upsell, but 
everyone needs to build in proper analytics to be able to say, here's what's working for sure. Because look, the last 20 years, we could upsell with abandon because there wasn't any real cost to me, the, the consumer or the retailer. But now the retailer, you know, I'm going to go to the place that has the cleanest, fastest, most simple way for me to do what I need to do. And they will lose a customer in this era uh, from that because people will switch immediately if I have both a uh, irritating experience or one I feel like is unsafe or, you know, pushing me past my uh, level of what I think uh, is necessary. Neil, what are your thoughts? Yeah, software is definitely at the, at the, at the, at the very forefront, right? Because it integrates, uh, it integrates not just hardware, but it integrates information that's in the back end as well as presenting information on the front end that customers can interact with or even the store operators can interact with to perform transactions. It has to be seamless. It has to provide an ability for the transaction to happen very quickly. So there's less wait times in the store. Uh, there's less hiccups with, uh, with information being, being as, uh, accessed in terms of, say, uh, store-related information or product-related information. So the right software should really assist with a faster transaction, and uh, and it, it helps with increasing the efficiency and you know minimizes errors. Uh, so it's very it's it, it, you know making it seamless and user friendly is really critical to ensure that uh, there's, there's a the transaction is quick. You know it's important because software you know liaises with some of the like, like I said the backend databases to view stock across stores. Or even provide digital marketing, and such as e-receipts and loyalty-based applications. Software is critical for that, and it should be tied well with the with the uh, with the store inventory, with inventory that is um, that's in the back end to have up-to-date updated information at hand to to make sure that the, the overall customer experience is seamless and it's an enjoyable one. Um, so you know, extending the the software to include online ordering applications, especially during COVID nineteen, uh, is critical, right? So the software actually has to be a part of the the whole uh, ecosystem, if you will, in providing the benefit of online ordering, uh, contactless payments in the store. So it has to be enhanced, you know, to for the additional vehicles like e receipts. Some customers, I mean, many customers actually still want the receipt. I mean, majority majority still want the receipt, and and there's very le- little risk with actually getting a physical receipt because there's very very minimal touch points on the you know with that transaction. But there are some customers who prefer a digital receipt, and uh, so in, the software needs to enable all of that, right? To provide the the, the total experience for the for the customer, and uh, so mobile apps come into play. You know, the, the, whether it's a native or whether it's web based. It's it's really critical to provide the omnet channel experience for the merchant and for the customer as well. Uh, so even fulfillment fulfillment uh, options like curbside pickup, ordering online, uh, you know, picking up uh, you know in the store, picking, getting it delivered. Uh, the the applications that that integrate the customer experience as well as from the merchant side to enable. Say for example, receipt printing or label printing in in the back end, and uh, applying that label to the to the product before it's shipped. Uh, all that has to be integrated, right? So, and and the payments has to be also 
very much uh, part of the whole solution. What else should software developers and ISVs be doing to help their clients implement these technologies and help end users feel safer when conducting business with merchants? Don, let's start with you. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to speak from a hardware point standpoint on that too. Um, now's the time to really shop around. You know, uh, a lot of ISVs, they have hardware companies that they partner with and they partner with them because they've been doing it forever. That's the reason that they're partners. But now when things are kind of slow um, and everyone's looking for these updated solutions, I say I would say now's the time to shop around. You know, find a company that has the antimicrobial screen that you're looking for. Uh, take the time to research them. Um, you know, take the time to look at companies. Are they considering health uh, as, as, a, as a, I guess I should say, a priority? Uh, when it comes to your hardware uh, and your software. So I would tell ISVs, um, start shopping around. You know, there's some companies that have been able to deliver through coronavirus. There's some that haven't been able to. So you want to find maybe perhaps a new supplier that can get you what you need uh, in regards to health uh, and, and the public health. So I, I would re just recommend shopping around at this point. Thanks, Don. Neil, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, you know, it, it's important because they, they really need to take into account the end-to-end -end solution and, and to make it seamless and to make it, uh, you know, free from uh, from hiccups or hassles along the way. Uh, you know, sometimes it, you, there, there, are, there are aspects where uh, it's not totally contactless. For example, you, you go to a restaurant, if it's an out, outdoor dining restaurant, you still have to interact. With the uh, with the waiter, you know, especially when it comes to payments, you need to interact with the terminal to to add a tip, for example. So uh, it's still not uh, totally contactless in that sense. So I, so soft, software uh, houses or software companies have to take take all of that into consideration, and they have to ensure that a uh, a an application is is really foolproof, so to speak. So it provides an end-to-end -end solution that is, you know, that addresses the the concerns during COVID-19, uh, you know, issues that we have today, uh, and the concerns that customers have, right? So, uh, when it comes to designing the software as well, they really have to implement methods to provide a total contactless transaction, and that's difficult in in uh, in some scenarios, but but I think that is critical and that's important uh, to make customers feel safe. And really not worried about contamination or, or you know, of their safety in terms of uh, touching items or, uh, or you know, even interacting uh, close close proximity to uh, the the store associates or waiters and so on. Uh, so integrating these strategies that you know facilitates these workflows within the restaurant within the within the store uh, is important, and um, having the right right hardware and the software uh, to provide these technologies are important. So I think what they also need to uh, make sure is to uh, to ensure to integrate third-party delivery options as well. And and that's that, of course, is, is very, very, uh, you know, large scale now at this time. Uh, third-party delivery apps like uh, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub and Instacart and so on. Uh, they need to be able to, the software companies, ISVs, they need to be able to integrate these delivery options, delivery apps into uh, into the application, as well as the ability to provide, uh, you know, merchants with, uh, for example, uh, even printing labels, for example, right? So you want, they want to 
they want to be able to have an ability to to print onto labels, not just receipts, but certain specialty label media like tamper evident labeling. And this is important for especially food deliveries, right? Uh, you want to make sure that that the food that you've ordered from the restaurant is not tampered with. Uh, you know, it's in, uh, there's, there's a survey that was released last year, I believe it was, uh, that from a quick service restaurant uh, that found uh, quite a large, uh, you know, 25% and over uh, orders were being tampered with and were being, you know, uh, you know, food was being you know, taken from, you know, was stolen and guess things like that. So you want to be able to make sure that the software is integrating with the, the right hardware and printing out uh, packaging labels that provide the tamper evident uh, uh, labeling aspect. So I think that there's, there's still a little bit more work to be done uh, in making sure that it's a, a uh, an end-to-end, that the solution from end-to-end is really foolproof. I agree. Neil, what do you think has been the biggest missed opportunities among ISVAs and software developers uh, that you'd like to bring to their attention? Yeah, you know, we, we, we do hear of uh, issues um, every now and then where there's a, there's a delay or there are, the, there are technical issues uh, for implementation. Uh, it's not robust enough. And it, 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 you know, adds to complexity and, you know, it causes uh, frustrated customers. And, uh, you know, it, it just uh, is an issue all around for not just the software provider, but also for the merchant and the customer. Uh, so if these issues are not dealt with uh, in a timely manner. It, it can create a problem. Uh, and it's hard to recover once, you know, once a product is fully installed and, it, and the solution is implemented in the store. It is. It is more. Um, it is very difficult when there are issues that happen at that time when it's when it's live. Uh, you know, for for the merchant to troubleshoot, it just it just leads to a lot of um, inefficiencies and frustrations that that can be avoided. So, I, so you know, the important thing is before before the product is or the solution is totally implemented. Uh, there's really uh, a necessity to do a full-scale, you know, full-scale testing and certification. Uh, ISV, ISVs and merchants need to really, um, you know, make sure that the hardware and software integration is bulletproof, if you will. It has to be tested, verified that the solution is viable, it's robust, um, and because you don't want challenges once it's implemented, uh, you know, you're going to lead to a lot of uh, you know, lost business at the end of the day with customers uh, switching, you know, uh, uh, switching to another competitor or, or a different business to or a different uh, merchant to do their business, right? So there's a lost productivity and and, um, and because of technical issues. So technicalities in terms of software integration as well as the hardware and as well as the other aspects within the store uh, whether, it, whether it has to do with analytics or, or inventory management or even the customer loyalty application, they all have to work, uh, uh, they have to be well synced together and working uh, in, in a very efficient manner, uh, seamless. Uh, so many use cases have to be considered, right, when, when these are being implemented. Uh, so these use, the, the customer interaction may differ depending on the use case. If it's an hospitality application, if it's a kitchen application that 
that is being uh, utilized for kitchen orders in the store, for example, or in the, in the restaurant, uh, uh, for example, right? Uh, and how that kitchen order is being is being integrated with with the the, the receipts being printed or the the order being being uh, transacted with and and uh, and so on. Uh, the interaction may differ if it's a retail application, if it's specialty retail, or if it's a grocery application, if it's a labeling application and the deli, for example. All these applications have different, um, uh, you know, d different nuances, and uh, and all this have to has to be factored into the development of the solution to make it robust. So I think that's where uh, you know, uh, uh, the, you know, the ISV and the software development community uh, can can do well in making sure that it is uh, it is a foolproof system, well tested, well verified. Uh, before it goes to uh, full implementation. Are there any specific mistakes you're seeing among the ISV software developer community uh, you'd like to call out to help our audience avoid any of these mistakes or any you know key takeaways or final thoughts you'd like to share? Uh, you know, it's interesting uh, that we see a lot of technologies, and you know, we spoke about technologies earlier on. Um, we, are, we, are, we are seeing uh, a lot of improvements or or innovative uh, applications and technologies, especially, uh, for example, ghost kitchens, right? That's getting very popular with companies like cloud kitchens that provide food delivery. You know, it really condenses the, the restaurant uh, model, if you will, and, you know, it, it provides a off-the-premise off the kind of a delivery system, an option that is uh, apart from the traditional dine-in. So, uh, you know, we're seeing a, a proliferation of uh, ghost kitchens uh, concepts. And and, uh, and so this is just going to in, in, increase. We, we know it's going to happen because as as there are more deliveries being uh, happening from, you know, restaurants, you know, they're changing, they're kind of modifying their, you know, their technology and their solutions, right? So to implement ghost kitchens where it's primarily food prep and deli delivery, Rather than a traditional dine-in setup, where you know you have to interact, you know, uh, with the, with a human, and you know you have you know the COVID nineteen related uh, concerns, right? Uh, so that is one one area we're seeing happening now, and even even kiosks are getting more innovative to implement voice recognition or even facial recognition, and uh, artificial intelligence or AI kiosks are being con considered as well. Uh, cloud computing and robotics, you know, which again reduces the human to human interaction, is really accelerating. And uh, so th these are interesting technologies to uh, that we found. You know, uh, I think the, the important thing is, um, you know, in in the during this during this time especially, is to ensure that the technologies are really seamless. You know, it's they they are well implemented. Uh, and they, they are relevant, right, in terms of contactless payment options, for example, that we spoke about, uh, online ordering, related e-commerce-related uh, applications, or whether it's tying in the analytics on the back end or the inventory information, or if it's providing loyalty and couponing-related applications. So it's important that uh, they work seamlessly to ensure that the that the technology is uh, is very smooth, and even for the merchant, that uh, the transaction is 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 quick, and it's efficient. 
so I think those are important uh, as as the shelter in place related uh, you know restrictions uh, happening, but but also you know even long term um, for to make sure that you know it's safe for for customers uh, dining in or or ordering uh, information or ordering you know products at or deliveries uh from their from the website or from their phone uh or even physically going into a store to look up uh, products or interact it's important that the uh these these technologies are taken into consideration and it's well integrated with the hardware to provide a, a great experience for everyone involved very good lots of great stuff from those panelists jay uh, you know, I, I love some of the themes that we heard about touchless technologies such as scan to pay and digital wallets, obviously a huge theme and something to be uh, keeping an eye on here in the near term. And then I, I really enjoyed hearing about the sanitization through antimicrobial touch screens and using UV lighting to kill germs. Those are some things that I've, I've never really heard about and uh, definitely some innovative stuff. Yes, I agree. Lots of good insight from uh, our panelists today. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in our podcast and for our listeners. If you're not yet a regular subscriber to DevPro Journal, please visit our website, devprojournal.com, and sign up today to stay up to date with the latest technology trends impacting the software developer and ISV community. 